0: sometimes we just got to praise our way through whatever we're going through can somebody say amen because i know we come on thursday night i know i'm I'm just like a lot of you guys i got a job hello right i work nine to five literally nine to five that's not like you know i work at nine to five i actually work nine to five praise the lord so i got a job so and i got i got grandkids that live with me i got people that live with me i got things that i go through so i know when i come on a thursday night especially on a night that i have to speak i mean i go through changes Right? I come to the church thinking, man, do I even want to be here tonight? Right? And I know that sometimes I just gotta praise my way through it. I gotta say, you know what? I gotta lift up the name above all names, man, the name of Jesus. So if you're going through it here tonight, sometimes you know what? You just gotta praise a little bit more to get your breakthrough. Are you guys with me? Praise the Lord. If you're with me here tonight, grab your Bibles. Praise God. Open them up to the book of First John, and we're gonna take off here in a second. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited here tonight to be here. Praise God. I'm excited to be sharing here tonight. Again, I want to thank our pastors, Pastor Stefan and Sister Chella. Uh, first of all, just for being awesome. Amen. How many of you know we got awesome pastors? We got awesome pastors, man. I'm, I'm privileged to be able to sit underneath their leadership and to sit underneath what they're doing here within the church. Because I know that I can be in a lot of different places. I could be under a lot of different people if I chose. But I know that God has me here. I was here in the well. I wouldn't say I was here in the beginning, amen. But I was here under Pastor Stevan's dad. I was here under Pastor Stevan's mom, and now I'm here under him. And I, again, I, I I just I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. To me, anywhere else would be like I don't know alien or something, right? Be foreign. But I'm just so glad we have such great pastors. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't gotten close to your pastors yet, you need to get close to your pastors. You need to come in, you know, and really get to know them and understand, you know, who they are. Not just as pastors, but who they are as a person. And be able to pray for them, to lift them up, because they go through changes. Amen. You think you go through changes? You think I go through changes? Huh? They're, the, they're our shepherds. They're our covering. And when they go through it, most of the time, I'll say probably 99.9% of the time, we never know about it. Huh? But they're busy praying for us lifting us up counseling us hello kicking some of us praise the lord when we need it but how many know that that that's their calling amen and they don't take it lightly but they do it and they do it with an open heart they do it with an open hand and for that i'm grateful amen i'm grateful to be here tonight i thank god for my salvation praise the lord i thank god for my wife because again you know without her i don't know where i would be amen i mean everybody else gave up on me but her Amen. So I, I thank God for her um, that God brought her into my life. And here tonight, I'm just blessed to be able to bring the word. Is everybody there in First John chapter 2? It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. But the Bible says there in chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father but as of the world. Let's pray. Father in heaven, tonight I'm so thankful, Lord God. I'm so blessed, Father, just to be alive tonight, God. Only you know where I would be if it wasn't for you, it wasn't for your son, God, interrupting my miserable life. And Father, tonight I just pray, Lord, that you would just have your way for the next few moments, Lord God, and that somebody would receive something here tonight. Somebody would leave encouraged tonight, God. Someone would leave changed a little bit, God. Because, Father, we know the, that just a little change, just a little tweak in our character, just a little tweak in our perspective, God, can do great and mighty things in our lives, Lord God. And, Father, tonight I pray that you would just do that here tonight. You would save somebody tonight, and that, Father, you would be glorified above all else. In the powerful name of Jesus, and together we all said, amen. amen. God bless you. i almost said, go and sit no more. <laughs> just kidding. Praise the Lord. Thank you, AJ. Amen. Thanks for the worship. Give the, the worship team a hand of praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you can go ahead and have your seats here tonight. Praise God. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. Somebody say, Amen. Is anybody here tonight like dessert? Come on now. Don't make me front you off. Praise the Lord. I'll call you out by name. Anybody here love dessert? come on i know i know who i'm talking to here tonight i love to eat dessert you ever go to i go to i know me sometimes me and my wife and we'll be out with friends you know fellowshipping and sometimes we'll go to a restaurant and somebody sometimes me and my wife or me will do it we'll order dessert first and somebody says what are you doing so i'm having dessert first well, why are you doing that because i can amen because i'm an adult now amen i can do what i want i can do that i can have dessert first because i love dessert as you can tell amen But how do you know that? A lot of desserts, actually most desserts, have been given a bad rap, right? They've been given a bad rap. And you say, what do you mean? They've been given a bad reputation. They've been known as things of, oh, those are seductive, right? Desserts have been known as seductive, right? Or this is a term we're all very familiar with and which we're going to kind of be talking about here tonight. Is not only are they seductive, but they're temptations. Huh? Somebody say temptations. I'm not talking about the fighting temptations. Amen. Praise the Lord. But why are they called temptations? Why are our desserts called seductive? Well, because there's something delicious offered in every bite. You ever watch somebody's face and watch their whole continents change after they take a bite of cherry cheesecake? No? Oh, come on now. Some of you guys are thinking about going to Nations right now. You're like, you know what? As soon as this service is over, I'm going to Nations to give me some cherry cheesecake. But I guarantee you, you can watch somebody's whole continents change after they take a bite of cherry cheesecake, especially if they like cheesecake. Amen? I don't know about you, but I love cheesecake. When I eat a piece of cheesecake, a good piece of cheesecake. I know there's some cheesecake that really isn't that good. I'm not talking about that stuff you go buy in the store. I'm talking about the stuff that's homemade cheesecake. Amen. So those of you guys who like cheesecake, you know what I'm talking about. Your whole continent will change. You could be in a bad mood, but you could uh, take a bite of that, right? And it'll just change your whole mood. Oh, come on now. You guys need to, you guys need to be honest tonight, because you guys are in church. Come on now. Uh, because there's something delicious offered in every bite, right? When you take that bite, you're like, mm. I've heard even people just do like. Mm-hmm. And they make these noises, right? When they bite, you're like, you look, kind of look at them, and they, and they got their eyes closed, their head tilted back. And, like, and then they, after they come out of whatever they're in, that like, little trance that they're in, you're, like, you're, you're looking at them like, was that good? <laughs> right? Because there's something delicious offered in every bite, right? Because you know that. After you take that last bite, you're like, oh, dang, man. You wish there were some more because there's something delicious offered in every bite. Well, somebody once said this, that the only way to get rid of temptation is to give into it. The only way to get rid of temptation is to give into it. Anybody ever heard that before? Well, see, oftentimes we laugh about temptation, right? We're laughing, we're talking about cake, we're talking about pie, right? We're talking about temptation, and we were laughing, right? But a lot of times when we talk about it, we do it. Sometimes it comes up, and we begin to laugh about it. We kind of laugh it off, so to speak, right? Oh, yeah, 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 temptation. But if we're honest here tonight, and hopefully we will be, but how do you know that uh, more often than not, a lot of us, we give in to temptation a lot. Come on now. This is the time to be honest. Right? We give in to temptation a lot. I don't know about you, but I know I'm talking about myself. You know, just because I'm up behind a pulpit doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I have it, you know, anybody that comes up here. Doesn't mean because we have everything all together and that, you know, things don't come into our lives and we don't, you know, we don't make mistakes. Hello. Right? How many know that that's the best way to learn from your mistakes? Because I know I made a lot of them. But more oftentimes than not, a lot of us, we've given in, or we are giving in, to certain temptations within our life. Are you guys with me? Now, tonight... You know, we were talking about pie. You know, some of you, you know, you might not of a, uh, you might not identified a little bit when I talked about pie, but when I say chocolate cake, now you're like, okay, now you're talking my language, all right? Now, now I hear what you're talking about. Well, tonight, maybe it's just a, a piece of chocolate cake when you go home, huh? Right? Maybe it's just a piece of chocolate cake. Well, that's all right. That's not too bad, right? But what happens when you, you eat another piece of chocolate cake, huh? then you wake up in the middle of the night and eat another piece of chocolate cake, huh? And then before you go to work in the morning, you eat another piece of chocolate cake. See, when we keep eating these things over and over and over again, hello, that one little piece of chocolate cake, it might not have been bad in the beginning, but when you do it over and over and over again, huh, then it becomes something bad. Can I hear an amen? Because today it might just be a piece of chocolate cake, but tomorrow the stakes could be a lot higher. You see, the consequences could be a lot more painful the next day. See, some temptations even become what they call cumulative, which means they get bigger, they get bigger, and they get bigger until it becomes almost impossible not to give in. Are you guys with me? They're commute, I'm going to say that one more time if I can. Cumulative means they grow. They get bigger and bigger. They keep coming, they keep coming, right? Until sometimes we feel like, you know what? I just have to give in. There's nothing else I can do. But you would think that, I don't know about you, but when I gave in to certain things within my life, and I gave in to certain temptations in my life, how many know that a lot of times there are undesirable consequences to giving in to temptations? I don't know about you, but you would think that undesirable consequences would be enough to get us to not give in to these temptations, right? When we would think about what's going to happen if I give in to this temptation, the consequences that I'm going to face, you think that would be enough to stop us from giving in. I don't know about you, but I gave in. Amen, and I even knew what the consequences were going to be, but you would think that that would be enough. But I'm here to let you know that, huh? That's not enough here tonight. Undesirable consequences aren't enough all the time. How many of you guys here can remember? Guys, a lot of you guys might have been out of school for a while, but how many of you guys can remember the five senses? You guys, remember that we, in school we taught the five different senses, right? Number one, we got taste, huh? Touch, smell, hearing and sight. These are the five senses. These are five senses that God created us with. These are not something that we picked up along the way through our life. We were created with these senses. But it's all of these senses are connected to our carnal mind. All of these senses, all five of these senses are connected to our carnal mind. And the Bible says that our carnal mind is the enemy of God. Here in Romans chapter 8, verse 6 and 8, it says, for the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace because the mind of the flesh is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither can it be and they that are in the flesh cannot please God and how do we know that we want to please God But what it says right here is that our carnal mind is the enemy of God you say well what's, an enemy? what's a carnal mind we're basically I guess for lack of better terms it's a worldly mind huh? it's an unspiritual mind if you will and it's these senses that I just told you about, those five senses, it's these senses that the enemy uses to tempt us in the battle that's going on within our lives. How many know that we're in a battle? Oh, come on. How many know we're in a battle? You need to understand that we're in a battle. It's, it's a battle of our flesh against the spirit. Huh? Always battling each other. Always battling each other. Even when you got the upper hand, you might think you got the upper hand. Even when you might be, say, I have the upper hand, you're still going through a battle. The battle is always going to be going on. It's a, it's a war that is constantly raging within our lives. The flesh versus the spirit. Now, the lust of the flesh that we talked about right there when I read that scripture, the lust of the flesh is connected to the taste, to the touch, and to the smell. It's directly connected to those senses. Lust of the eyes, well, that goes out was saying, is connected to our sight, amen? And the pride of life is thinking that you are something special because of what you have, what you know, or what you look like, and I heard somebody say this: that the pride of life is actually what happened to Satan. That's why he got cast out of heaven, because he had the, what he was. He wanted to be like God. He thought he was better than God, huh? He tried to make himself better than what he actually was. He thought he was better than what he was, huh? And that was the pride of that was the whole reason why he got cast out of heaven, huh? The pride of life, thinking that you were somebody, huh? That you were better than what you actually are. I don't want to talk about anybody here tonight, amen? But this is what the enemy uses to entice you and I, huh? How many know the enemy entices us? He entices us, uses these things to entice us for you and I to sin. He uses our own desires to entice us. It's something that is in us that he sees, and then he twists it, and he gets us to bite into it. Can somebody say amen? James chapter 1, 14 and 15 says this, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed then after the desire has conceived it gets birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death you see it's not something that the enemy brings into your life it's something that's already in us it says that he uses our own desires huh he uses our own desires he doesn't create a desire in us it's something that we already have in us and he sees it and he says you know what i'm going to use that and he's going to twist it huh how do you know that Amy's a twister but see, he can't tempt us of something if it's not a desire. Huh? He can't tempt us with something if it's not something that we desire. Hear me tonight. He can't tempt you with something if it's not your desire. So if you're being tempted in an area, that means that there's a desire there. Huh? That there's a desire there. But well, let me share this with you too, though. Desire is not bad. It's not the desire that's bad. Some people say, oh man, I got this desire. It's bad. It's not the desire. It's because he twists it. He takes a desire. Because How do you know? In the beginning, God created us with desires, right? But remember, when God created us, when you read the, the beginning, God created us for well, a certain part for fellowship. He created us for companionship. He wanted somebody to uh, to commune with, to talk to, to hang out with, right? That's why He created Adam in the, in the garden. He was He was going to be there. He was going to take care of the garden. He was going to hang out with God, and they were going to chop it up, and they were just going to they were going to be they were going to be homeboys, right? That was the whole plan, amen. But then, after sin came in, huh? we still have these desires. We desire companionship. Hello, right? We desire uh, intimacy. We desire all these different things that we desire. Those were all supposed to be fulfilled in God. All those desires that we have were supposed to be fulfilled through God. We had a desire for companionship. God created us to have companionship with Him. God created us for intimacy with Him. But because sin came in, right? Sin came into the camp. After that, all these different desires, now we go and look for other things to fill those desires. Huh? Now we have a desire for companionship, so what do we do? We go look for, if you're a man, you go look for a girl. If you're a girl, you go look for a man, right? We have a desire for companionship. We have a desire for intimacy. We want to be intimate, so what do we do? We go looking in all these different places, huh? And that's when the enemy comes and he says, I know you got a desire for this. I'm going to come and I'm going to twist it. I'm going to twist it, and I'm going to tempt you with it, huh? So if you got to, if he's tempting you with something, that's because there's something inside, huh? There's something that's inside. He's been doing it for a long time. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, how long? Oh, come on, you're not with me tonight. Come on, somebody say, how long? long? He's been doing it for a long time. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, in the very, very beginning. The enemy's been doing this for a long time, man. And the Bible says there, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delightful to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. There it is right there. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Right there in the garden, the very beginning. This is where it started. Amen. This is the birth of temptation. And then when you continue to read the story, what what ends up happening after the temptation? Right. We read the scripture. After temptation comes, what happens? Conceived, right? And sin. It's conceived and it becomes sin. Amen. That's what they call it—the original sin. But it all started in the beginning. This is not something that, that he just came up with us of recent. Amen. It, it didn't, he didn't start tempting people the, the day you got saved. Hello. Right? All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, there's a devil. You know, what's all this temptation about? It's like, he's been doing it for a long time. He didn't wait for you to get saved. Amen? You just didn't know about it until you got saved. Huh? Because how many of the when we're in the world, we don't know about that kind of stuff. We just think this is normal. Right? All the stuff we go through, this is normal. But I'm here to let you know that stuff's not normal. Amen? Even Jesus was tempted with the same exact things. Huh? Jesus tempted, or the enemy tempted Jesus. Can you imagine that? Think about it. The devil tempted Jesus. Now, if the devil tempted Jesus, what makes you think he's not going to tempt you and me? Huh? If he had the audacity to tempt Jesus Christ, the Son of God, what makes you think he's not going to tempt you and me? Huh? He's going to tempt us. One time there was a theologian named Charles Finney. He was talking to this guy, and the guy said, You know what? I don't believe in the existence of a devil. And Charles Finney said, You don't? He says, Well, if you resist him for a while, you'll believe. He says, if you resist them for a while, you believe, huh? And like I was saying before, a lot of people in the world, they don't, they don't understand what's really happening. They don't understand the battles that's happening in the heavenlies. Huh? Because why? Because they've never tried to resist the devil. They just go along with whatever he does. Huh? Like, I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe, I don't believe in all that. That's because you never resisted him. Huh? Whenever he brings things in your life, you just go for it. Come on now. I don't know about you, but when I was in the world when he, something came my way, if it looked good, it tasted good, felt, I was going for it. Huh? So I didn't... A devil? What are you talking about? Huh? But you resist him for a while. You're going to believe. Amen? See, the Scripture doesn't teach that when we get saved, we're going to be temptation free. Huh? We're not going to be temptation free when we get saved. There's a story of a poor country pastor who was very livid when he confronted his wife with a receipt that he found for a $350 dress that she had bought. How could you do this, he said. I, I don't know, she said. I was standing in the store looking at the dress and... Then I found myself trying it on, and it was like the devil was whispering to me, you look great in that dress. You should buy it. And the pastor said, well, well, you should have known what to do. You're a pastor's wife. You should have known how to handle that situation. You should have said, Satan, get thee behind me. She said, I did. And then he said, it looks good from the back, too. <laughs> huh? See, the enemy doesn't care who you are. Hear me tonight. The devil doesn't care who you are. Huh? You can say, "Well, I'm a leader. I'm a life group leader. Huh? I'm I'm a pastor's wife, or you know, I'm a children's church worker. I'm a head usher." The devil don't care. He doesn't care who you are. Amen. He's going to whisper to you the same way he whispers anybody else. Huh? And the title of my message tonight is "Temptation is the Question." Huh? Like, but like I said, he's going to whisper to everybody the same. But uh, what's your answer? Temptation is the question. But what's your answer? The enemy doesn't care who you are. The enemy doesn't respect anybody. Hello, he tried to tempt Jesus, amen? The C.S. Lewis said this that no man knows how bad he is until he has tried to be, tried very hard to be good. Let me say that again. No man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. I don't know about you, but that was, you know, I went through the home, praise the Lord, and I didn't know how hard it was, you know until I tried to be good, right? It wasn't easy. It's still not easy. Men's home, can I get an amen? amen. Come on now, right? We never know how bad we are until we try to be, to be good, right? Somebody's like, ah, I'm not that bad. I wasn't that bad. It's like, well, why don't you try being good for, for a change? And then you'll, you'll realize just how bad you actually were, amen? Because it's not easy. But we must realize that we'll never arrive at a place where we're going to become temptation-free. We're never going to come to a place within our lives where the enemy stops messing with us. Huh? There's never you're never gonna come to a place. It's just that it'll get a little bit different. Look at your neighbor and say, A little bit different. A little bit different. Because how many know that even though temptations come, you know, we can still get through them. Right? We can still get through the temptations. Just because the enemy tempts us doesn't mean, well, we just have to put up with it. You no, know, we just have to, you know, we just gotta tolerate this guy, you know, because he's gonna come, he's gonna No. The temptations are there for a reason. They're not just there to get you to fall. Hmm? He said, well, what do you mean? I mean by this. Sometimes we need to realize that temptations are not necessarily bad all the time. Hmm? Some of you guys might be looking at me like, what? Because we, oft- we often auto- automatically think, we think about temptation, right? We think about falling, messing up, making a mistake, falling back into sin, right? And those, that's all true. But I'm here to let you know that temptation is not always bad. And here's why. Because it allows our convictions to be tested. See, temptations will allow your convictions to be tested. Because you can say, well, you know what? I don't believe in that. It's like, okay, well, then you know what? Bill, be surprised when a temptation comes, it's going to test you in that area. Huh? Because temptations are going to test your convictions. So if you say it with your mouth and you confess it, you better believe that that God's going to allow the enemy to come and tempt you in that area so that you can prove it. Amen? See, our convictions are only as strong as they hold up under pressure. Huh? Again, you can talk about it, but are you going to be about it? You can talk about it, right? You can talk, you know, like they say, you know, I don't know, some of you guys might might hear, you can talk long neck, right? You can talk big game, right? About how, you know, oh God, the power of God is in my life and I don't believe it is. But when the temptation comes, huh? We're going to see. Praise the Lord. Don't get mad at me, amen. I'm just, telling you, I'm just telling you the truth tonight. See, a person has not shown true obedience if they have never had the opportunity to disobey. Huh? Nobody has ever truly, right, Shown true obedience if they'd never had the opportunity to disobey. See, that's what a temptation is. You're given an opportunity. Huh? You have an opportunity. And everybody seems to think that temptation, you know, the Bible does say that God will not tempt anybody, right? God is not a tempter. But I want to let you know that God will allow temptations. doesn't mean he's the one tempting you, but he will allow temptations. Huh? He will allow you to be tempted. You guys remember the story of Job, right? How, what, what happened? The enemy came in, but only because God allowed him to. Right? Only God allowed him to. He wasn't the one that did, but he allowed, God allowed it. And God will allow temptations to come in our lives so that we can be tested, so that our convictions can be proven. Somebody say amen. So we can give him that opportunity. Are you going to obey? Are you going to be obedient? Or are you going to disobey? Huh? God doesn't allow it to weaken us, but to strengthen us. God allows it to strengthen us. Because how many know that even though we might have a temptation in our life today, once we get over it, how many know there's going to be some more things that are going to come our way in the future? Again, temptations is not going to stop. They're just going to change. I'm telling you, what, they're not going to stop, but they're going to change. The things that I used to tempt me don't tempt me anymore. Come on now. The things that used to tempt me don't tempt me anymore. Now there's other things that tempt me that are a lot worse than the things that used to tempt me. But if I didn't, if I didn't obey back then and get through those temptations, right, I wouldn't be able to face the ones that I'm facing now. God allows it to strengthen us, to test us. Remember, Jesus was led into the desert. Remember that? The Bible says it, that Jesus was led into the desert by who? What does the Bible say? Who led him into the desert? Does it say the devil led him in there? It says that the Spirit led Jesus into the, into the desert to be tempted. Huh? It didn't say the Spirit led him out there and tempted him. He said, No, it's, the Bible says no, that the Spirit led him out there. God was allowing it to happen. God was in control. And even in your situation, whatever you might be tempted with tonight, you got to know that God is allowing it for a reason. Yes, it might be the enemy that's doing it, but God is allowing it. You have to have a fresh perspective when it comes to being tempted. Sometimes we just, can't, we just get caught up in the temptation. That's all we can see. It's like, no, what is God trying to do? Where is, what, what is the opportunity that God is trying to, to bring to you in that temptation? Huh? Jesus was led into the desert. Huh? The spirit of God, God was strengthening him for the future, because God knew what He was going to have to face in the future. That remember, remember what happened. He just got baptized. Do you remember that? Right before he got led into the, to the desert, what happened? He just got baptized by John the Baptist, right? And it was in the very beginning of his ministry, but God already knew what was going to come later. Amen? Same thing with you and I. God already know God knows what's going to come later in your life. Guys, when you get out of the home, God knows what's going to come your way. That's why he's preparing you now. That's why he's strengthening you now. That's why you're being tempted the way you're being tempted now. Because you think what you're going through now is hard? Whew. I don't mean that to scare anybody, but I'm just saying, you know, when I was in the home, I remember my director used to always tell me that, you know, what you think what you're going through right now is hard? He said, wait till you get back out there in the world. And he's like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about, right? Because in the home, you're under an umbrella, right? God has got you covered. Come on, you ain't got no bills. Hello? Right? You don't got nobody nagging you. You don't got no kids pulling on you. Come on, Dad. You don't got none of this stuff. You're able to just focus. You think we got it bad now? Man, I'm telling you, when I got back out there, I didn't last very long. Right? I had that pride of life. I thought, "Ah, I'm from the home. You know, I can do whatever. And I got out there. There comes the temptation. Amen? But God knows what's out there for us. He knows what the future is. Somebody say amen. And the Greek word here for tempted is to test or to try or to prove how many know that God wants to test us? God wants to try us. God wants to prove that our convictions are as strong as we say they are. Somebody say amen. Remember, temptation is only the question. It's not the answer. Huh? In 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says this, And all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith or greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Huh? That's why we go through the things we go through. That's why God allows those temptations. That's why the enemy comes and tempts us because we're going to be refined. God is going to refine us in the fire. You don't get refined in the icebox. Hello. Right, ain't nothing gonna come out of the icebox. You're just gonna be frozen, be the frozen chosen, amen. But no, God is gonna allow us to go through the fire. It says it right here. But what happens in the fire? In the fire, all that stuff begins to come up. When we begin to get tested, and we begin to go through these temptations. But when we begin to overcome these temptations, hello, somebody say overcome. Because even though I'm talking about temptations, I'm gonna let you know you can overcome. We have Bible says that we're more than conquerors, amen. We are more than conquerors. Temptations are just a way to test us. But in these times, in these trials, God is refining us. God is turning us into that pure gold. Somebody say amen. amen. Faith that will be able to stand up under temptation. And how do you stop temptation? Well, you can't, but you can resist it. Somebody say resist. James chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. Huh? resist the devil and he will flee from you this is sometimes is I think where we kind of come up short I know this is where I came up short a lot we're not resisting we're not resisting the devil huh? but we think we are huh? we're not resisting him but sometimes we think we are because we're coming to church on Sunday I'm coming to church on Sunday so the devil's not going to mess with me no nah, you're not resisting him you're just coming to church uh, or we, call, we go to life group Well, I'm resisting the devil mm, no you're not you're just going to life group don't, don't get me wrong that's all good we need to come to church We need because that's where we build up strength that's where we build up strength um, that's not the resisting that I'm talking about sometimes we say a little prayer we ask someone to pray for us and you know, we think well I'm resisting but we need to resist the way God resisted amen the way Jesus resisted the devil you guys remember the story right And when he went into the into the desert how did he resist the devil did he do it on his own strength huh did he have a fist fight with him no what did he do Use the word of God. How many know the word of God has all power? Psalms chapter 119, verse 11 says, I've hidden your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, when the enemy comes with his beautiful lies, how many know his lies are beautiful sometimes? Comes with his beautiful lies and his his good looking deceptions. It's only God's word that is going to shine the light on his darkness and give you and I the ability to resist him. Can somebody say amen? But it's not only the word that we use to resist him, it's not only uh, the word that Jesus used to resist them there in the desert, huh? But it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, before he went into the desert, what happened? He was baptized. And the Bible says what? That the Spirit of God fell upon him. So when he walked out there into that desert, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He didn't go out there on his own power. The Spirit of God was already upon him. He went out there with the power and with the Word. Somebody say, the power and the Word. Huh? You got to have the power and you got to have the Word of God. That's how you resist the devil. You don't resist the devil by saying, hey, brother, pray for me. No, That helps. But that's not going to do it. That's not how you resist. huh? No, you got to constantly be in the Word of God. you got to constantly allow the Spirit of God to fall upon your life. Huh? It's only with those two things that we're going to be able to resist the devil. That's how Jesus did it. And if it was good for him, come on now. I didn't say it. My brother did. Come on. If it's good for him, if it's good for the goose, then it's definitely good for the gander. Amen? Because if it works for him, it's going to work for you. Somebody say yes. And you know, I'm going to read it for you anyways. This is right before he was tempted. In the Matthew, the Bible says that as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open. And they saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him. Huh? They saw the Spirit of God fall upon him. I don't know about you. Have you ever seen the Spirit of God fall upon somebody? I don't know about you. When you see something like that, you know that they're walking in power. Huh? When the, you see the Spirit of God on somebody and you see them in God's word, you know, man, they're going to cast out devils, they're going to cast out demons, man. they're going to lay hands on people, people are going to get healed. huh? If you want that kind of stuff to happen, you want to be able to get the victory over the temptations, man. you got to be able to get in the word of God, and you got to have the power of the Spirit upon your life. Huh? Somebody say amen. You see, he was filled, filled with the Spirit of God. And because he was filled with the Spirit of God, he was able to discern and recognize exactly what the enemy was trying to do. Huh? Because sometimes we think, well, you know, I got the word of God in my, you know, in my, that's good. We, we got to have it. But when we don't have the spirit of God in our life and the enemy tries to come, we don't discern what he's trying to do. Huh? We don't discern what he's trying to do. See, Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. So when the devil came and tempted him with those things, he knew exactly, he knew exactly what scripture to use. Huh? Because some of us were like, the devil comes and we're trying like, John three sixteen. John three sixteen. What the heck that got to do with what he's trying to do in your life? Come on. You're, you're using scriptures that have nothing to do. You don't know how to use the Word of God correctly, but when you've got the Spirit of God in you, it'll lead you. Huh? You won't even know that Scripture. You'll be like, man, where'd that come from? That happens to me all the time. I'll be counseling somebody, but because I've prayed and because I've allowed the Spirit of God to come into my life, they begin to speak, all of a sudden Scriptures just begin to come to me. and I begin to give it to them, not because of me, but because of the Spirit of God. And afterwards, I'm like, I don't even really remember reading that Scripture ever before. Really, you know what I mean? I know it, but I'm like, man, where'd that come from? It's the Spirit of God. See, it gives you discernment. The power of God gives you discernment in your temptation. Amen? So you can recognize it. Look at it and say, recognize. But see, too often we're walking in the flesh, and the temptation looks like a blessing to us sometimes. Huh? You ever looked at something and, like, ooh, this looks good. Wow, this, this has got to be from God. Why does it have to be from God? Because it looks good, Right? We think because it looks good, it looks pretty, it sounds good, tastes good, feels good. It's got to be from God because God is love, right? But because we don't have the spirit of God and we're not in his word, we can't even discern what it is. We think it's a blessing. And then when somebody that actually has the discernment, tries to tell you something different, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, right? You're not, who do you think you are? Come on now, is that just me? I know I've done that, amen? I'm never asking them anything ever again, right? They think everything's the devil. But sometimes, man, I'm telling you, people that have this sermon, when somebody you know that has this sermon tells you something, you need to take it seriously. Somebody say, Amen. Huh? Sometimes we look at these temptations like blessings, or not even this, that. We look at it as an answer to prayer. Like, oh, yes, God is answering my prayer. I'd be like, what are you praying for? Huh? We look at the temptations like, oh my God, this, God is answering my prayer. It's like, wow, what are you praying for? You know, we don't, we had to discern what the enemy, we don't discern the temptations. Sometimes, because we don't have the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God will open up your, your eyes so you can see exactly, like, just like Jesus did. Jesus saw exactly what was happening, amen? It's only the Holy Spirit that empowers us to see things as they are. Not in the physical, but in the spirit, amen? It's in the spirit. Look at you say, in the spirit. See, flesh recognizes flesh, right? Flesh only recognizes flesh. When you're in the flesh, it's all you can see. You can't discern anything spiritual, because you're in the flesh. You, like I was talking about earlier, your carnal mind. Your carnal mind can only comprehend carnal things. As long as we continue to stay with a carnal mind, we're never, ever, 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 ever going to be able to uh, uh, change our perception and think spiritual. Huh? But the Spirit reveals all things. The Spirit will reveal all things as they truly are. Huh? It will reveal all things as they truly are. I'm going to have AJ go ahead and come up. I didn't want to go real long tonight. Because I know even for some of us, we might think, well, this is kind of, you know, elementary stuff. Temptation. The devil's a tempter, and God's allowing it, and I already know that kind of stuff. Well, I'm here to let you know that, you know, if you already know it, why are we going through it? Huh? I know sometimes we need to, refresh. we need to be refreshed. Uh, we need to remember exactly what's happening in this world. Sometimes, we, you know, maybe some of us, we've been around for a while. You know, we've, you know, we've gone through some battles. We've fought some devils, amen? We've fought some things. We've resisted for a while. But now, because we've been around for a while, we think we don't got to resist anymore. Huh? Well, I don't got to resist anymore. No, the enemy's still going to come and tempt you. He's still going to come and tempt you. He might not tempt you the way he tempted you last time. Huh? Because if you're struggling tonight, you need to check your walk. Is it worldly? Huh? Like that scripture says in 1 John, or is your walk spirit-led, like Jesus was when he got led out into the desert? Make no mistake, the devil is out to destroy you and I. He's out to destroy you. He's not just out to give you a bad time, huh? Sometimes we think he's just out—he's oh, just going to mess me up and you know, uh, mess me up here, mess me up there. No, he's out to destroy your life. He's out here to destroy your marriage. He's out here to destroy your relationship with your children. He's out here to destroy your testimony of God. Above all else. It's really not about you. You think everything, well, the devil hates me. Yeah, but you know what? You know why he hates you? Because he hates God. He's trying to hurt God. He's trying to drive a wedge between you and God, me and God, because he knows that that's going to hurt God. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to hurt the one who created us. He's trying to destroy you and I, one temptation at a time. I'm here to let you know temptations are going to come. They're coming, and then they're going to go. But if we don't resist, they'll be back. They will be back because we read that scripture when Jesus went out into the desert and the devil came and he tempted him three times, right? And again, remember in, in the garden, lust of the eyes or lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life, right? With Eve did the same exact thing with with Jesus. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Same exact things with Jesus. Same exact things with Jesus. But what happened at the end? The Bible says that after Jesus resisted him, right? After Jesus resisted the devil, the, devil, the Bible doesn't say that the devil took off and never came back. The, the Bible says that he left to come back at a more opportune time. That just lets us know that just because the devil, you know, you resist a little bit, he leaves. But I'm here to let you know he's going to come back. Temptation's going to come back. Huh? Don't think because you resisted him once that's it see, temptations, if unchecked, you guys need to hear this. If temptations go unchecked or unresisted for a long period of time, they will end up becoming something a lot worse. Something a lot worse than temptations. Become strongholds. They become strongholds in our lives. Strongholds are a little bit different. Strongholds have to be broken. Uh, they don't, you, you don't resist a stronghold. Temptations you resist, but once you have a stronghold, then it has to be broken. Something has to get broke. That's a lot harder to break something than it is to resist something. So my prayer is that resist while you can. Don't give up resisting the devil. Don't give up resisting what he's trying to do, whatever he's tempting you with. Huh? Because he's going to continue to come. But you've got to get the word of God in you. You've got to get the word of God in you. Get it in the Bible says, your word I've hidden in my heart so that I might not sit against you. It's not about knowing every single scripture in the world, but it's about feeding yourself, feeding yourself, feeding yourself, praying, allowing the Spirit of God to empower you through the Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it, huh? He didn't say he'll provide a way out so you won't have to go through anything. No, he said so that you will endure it, so that you can endure it, huh? You can endure it. You can endure it. You can endure it, huh? God is faithful. God is faithful. God is in control. God will provide a way out, huh? Not your way, not my way, but his way. God will provide. Sometimes we try to provide things on our own. We try to get, provide our own, our own, like I say, our own path. This is going to be the way. Um, we try to leave God out of it. You know, I know the best. I, be- I know what's best for me. Somebody say, watch out. Go ahead and stand here with your, your feet with me here tonight. And tonight, you might be struggling tonight. You might, again, you might have been around for a while. Maybe you're a seasoned Christian, if there really is such a thing, amen. You've been around for a while. You say, you know what? I've resisted for a long time, and, you know, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Because sometimes we resist something for such a long time, but we never really deal with the actual desire that I talked about. There's something in us. There's a desire that's in us that we're allowing him to twist. And through prayer and through reading the word of God, God is going to reveal what it is what it is that you're trying you're trying to meet that desire some other way there's a desire there that God gave you but that that desire is only going to be fulfilled in Christ and you need to figure out what it is that desire is it intimacy huh is it companionship you know whatever it might be i don't know i don't know where you guys i don't know what tempts you huh and you might even be here tonight saying you know what nobody else in this room knows knows what i'm going through yeah we do i know exactly what you're going through Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's all the same. We just give it other names, right? Pornography, right? Sexual immorality, whatever it might be. We just give it different names, but it's all the same thing. And you might think there's nobody in this room, you know, knows what I'm going through. Yeah, they do. There's probably somebody in this room that's going exactly through the same thing you're going through. Being tempted the same way you're being tempted. Huh? Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. Don't think what you're going through is unique. It's been around for a long time. Huh? The devil's been doing this for a long time. You're not the first and you're not going to be the last. But we have to prepare ourselves, right? We have to, Pastor Steve, you said we have to rehearse what we're going to do when temptation comes, right? He's, Pastor Man remembers this. He used to talk about running the red light. You've got to run the red light, right? What do you, what do you mean by that? So you pull up the red light. Car pulls up next. to You look over. It's a pretty girl. Whoo! Pastor Steve say, "Run the red light." Right? You guys ever seen that commercial? She leans over. She goes, "You want my number?" Right? Pastor Steve say, "Run the red light." Right? You got to rehear. What are you gonna do when it comes? Because it's gonna come. If you try to fool yourself and think, "Well, I'm not gonna get tempted," well, I'm here to let you know. Watch out. That's a dangerous perception. That's a dangerous state of mind. That's a carnal mind. Oh, I'm not gonna get tempted. Ah, put your things on heavenly things. Put your mind on heavenly things. Allow the spirit of God to fill you up. Allow the word of God to penetrate your heart. So when he does come, you're ready. You've rehearsed. I already know what it's going to When he comes, man, boom, this is what I'm going to do. It's okay to have a desire. There's nothing wrong with having a desire. But it's only it's when we allow God to be the one that fulfills those desires. Uh, not allowing the enemy to twist them. And again, here tonight, maybe you're struggling. You say, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm, I think I'm, I'm resisting, you know, but I just really need the power of the Holy Spirit. I just need God to wrap his arms around me and just empower me tonight. and Just give me like a spiritual hug. How many of you guys need a spiritual hug tonight? Praise the Lord. I'm going to open the altars here tonight and I'm going to ask you to come.